you've been around a wife like me for any period of time, especially if you've been around from the beginning, you know that one of the messages I have to fight frequently and I have to work to turn into truth is this message that I am not good enough. It goes back to my childhood. It's an insecurity within myself. And what we dive into is exactly what to do when we don't feel good enough. We've actually had today's guest on the A Wife Like Me uh, platform before. We've interviewed her, we've spent time with her, and she's a working potter, a handmade artist, writer, and speaker. She's Kelly Brinkman. You can find all of her beautiful handmade items. Again, she writes and she speaks, and you can find Kelly Brinkman at artandsouls.com. We will link her in the show notes. Kelly, thank you for sharing truth with us today, ladies. Let's lean in and be encouraged by what Kelly shares with us today for the times you don't feel good enough. As I drove away from that weekend, that was supposed to be restful and restorative. Regret set in. Other feelings swam around it like disappointment, sadness, frustration, and even anger. I had fallen prey to old habits when he attacked me with his words Rather than circling my stance with the emotional boundaries I needed or bowing out of the game entirely, I engaged in the battle again. And you know what? I lost. Not because of some scorecard measuring verbal skill, but because I'd engaged it all. Because I actually stepped into the ring to try to meet needs that he could never meet. In my own weakness, I mess up. I... I'm a work in progress, always. To be honest, that weekend with someone close to me impacted my marriage and other relationships. And even though it's been years ago, it still impacts me. Now, panning back from the intensity of that moment, I'm still praying for wisdom to identify all the roots of my reactions. I want to see the real issues and the needs I was trying to meet on my own. My backlash In that argument was a bark yelping louder and louder, as if to say, my thoughts matter, hear my opinion, I matter. And I kept barking more loudly, thinking it was an issue of volume. It's like when you see someone who's speaking a foreign language and someone else is talking to them louder and louder, thinking that will make them understand. Standing on the outside, it's easy to see that it's not an issue of volume, but it's an issue of translation. And so one of the things I do to translate my feelings into truth is I make a T chart. (laughs) I'm a visual learner. And so I literally draw a T on a piece of paper in my journal as a way to try to lean into my own humanness when I don't feel good enough or when I'm trying to process some tough things. So when I was dealing with hurt and disappointment, On one side of the T-chart, I could write those emotions. On the other side, I wrote the truth in Psalm 34, 18, that God comforts the brokenhearted. So he's aware of how I feel, and I don't have to yell more loudly in order for God to hear me and understand. When I wrote down frustration, regret, or feelings of being attacked, the truth is God's my protector. In Psalm 23, 5, He says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And that means God sets me right next to him and says, hey, 
even though there are people attacking you who are nearby, you are right next to me. I've given you the choicest food. You're my closest companion. And he tells me our struggle isn't against flesh and blood and other people, but really it's against rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world versus spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. In Ephesians 6, 12, that's where that reminder sits, that my struggle really isn't against that person. It's against some of the feelings that I'm dealing with that sit where sin sits. They may be bringing sin to the table too, but the only person I can really deal with is me. In Psalm 59, 16, David is talking and he says, I will sing of your strength in the morning. I will sing of your love. For you, God, are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. So rather than running away in situations that feel uncomfortable or are really a repeat of other conversations I've had, other ways of coping, God can be my refuge and my fortress. I can lean into him. It's like looking at a ball of yarn that is batted back and forth by a cat. Maybe a fun game for them. But at the end, when they lose interest and walk away, I picked up that ball of yarn and I can recognize my own heart in that yarn. And it's messy and complicated. And honestly, I just want to throw the whole thing in the trash and go buy a new one. But emotionally, what that looks like is to actually take that ball of yarn and and present it to God and say, here it is. This is the conversation. This is the interaction that I've had that point to my own weakness. And I can take out each strand and begin to straighten out that ball of yarn and saying, God, what I'm really looking for, I'm really begging for and crying out for is to prove that I'm enough. This strand here says I'm worth being loved. This one here says, I have ideas that could be respected. And I pull each of those feelings out, present them to God, sometimes in a blubbery prayer, sometimes in a journal. And I begin to compare those feelings to God's truth, like I do in a T-chart. It's a way for me to divide out feelings over truth. And instead of trying to strive to be loved and respected and to be seen, (laughs) God says he already celebrates me. He already cherishes me. Friend, if you're listening today, know that his banner over you is love. Song of Solomon 2.4. So when you're walking about your day, think about it. Him standing behind you quickly trying to hold a banner with on two different sticks that's just wide enough to cover you. And he's like, this one, this is the one I love. Here she comes. Maybe trumpets are tooting to tell people that you're coming. But his banner over us is love. So we don't have to strive to try to be more, do more, say more. We can just rest in the fact that we're already enough. I'm a potter. And so recently I found a five-gallon bucket of clay in the corner of my studio. Quite frankly, it's been there five years. That's the last time I remember moving that bucket of clay. And it's not fired. And so it's just broken chunks of clay that have completely dried out. It's even the air around it's a little bit chalky as I stir it up because it's just dust particles coming up. And so as a potter, I know that I can reclaim that clay by taking water and dumping it in. Now it sucks in that moisture. It's each bit of clay just begs to be wet again. And it bubbles and kind of moves around, settles in a different way when I pour that water in. As a potter, I pour it until all the pieces are 
covered. And right then, I smiled because I can see my own heart in that same way. I take these old feelings and I can present them to God and say, I have tried on my own and this isn't working to reclaim these. Instead, I can present those feelings to God and like water is often represented by the Holy Spirit in his word, he takes those feelings and drops them in a bucket of water of the Holy Spirit and he begins to reclaim them again. And over time as that clay is remoistened and my heart is remoistened and I can make it into usable clay again in my studio, he takes those feelings in my heart and he can wedge them and make them into usable pieces again. So instead of walking around with hurt that I'm going to pass on in my marriage, in my family, in my friendships, I can actually pass on health and wellness because I've taken time to present those to God. He says in Isaiah 55, 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Thank you, Lord, because my thoughts get me in a tangled ball and a tangled mess. But his thoughts and his wisdom work in a different economy. He can take all of my feelings and all of my failures and my weaknesses and actually reclaim them and use them for good. He says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, in Christ, I'm a new creation, so I can be made new. I can take things that I've learned in the past, ways of coping, and in Christ, those can actually become really healthy, and I can share that health and that wellness in my relationships. His divine power has already given us what we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him. In 2 Peter 1.3, that's his promise. And what that means is that he has already given me what I need to live a godly life, a good life, a victorious life because of my knowledge and wisdom in him it has nothing to do with me, but it has everything to do with me leaning on him. Now, I practically need a t-shirt that says work in progress, W-I-P, because that's me. I've been walking with God for 25 years, but Many times I have a conversation with him like, God, have you even started on me yet? <laughs> Seriously, have we made any progress? Because that's what the Christian life looks like. It's that continual turning over our emotions and our thoughts, turning them over and asking God to fill them with his truth instead. So on the potter's wheel, I can sit there and my hands turn round and round trying to get that clay trying to get those feelings aligned in my own effort. The only way I can do that is sitting under the potter's hands. With some trained touches of his hands, he gets me onto center and to what is true and what is really good for me and for those that I love. Lord, would you take our own weakness and just pour water over them? We pray that your Holy Spirit would come fill in the gaps where we're trying to put odd shapes into holes that can only be filled with your love. Lord, would you take our weakness and in you make it our strength. We pray that we would pass on wellness and wholeness and fullness in you rather than pain and despair and frustration. Lord, we want more of you and less of us. Thank you for filling us. Thank you for carrying a banner over us that is love. In Jesus' name, amen.
Kelly, thank you so, so much. Ladies, please check Kelly out. Not only does she have amazing wisdom, she also has such a beautiful, beautiful handmade items that you can get for yourself and for everybody you love over at artandsouls.com. So check her out. Make sure you follow her because also she's hilarious. She's so fun and she just speaks truth to all of us all the time. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Kelly, again for being with us. Ladies, thank you so much for listening. We pray that this just spoke to your heart, that you feel encouraged by this. And we just want you to know you're not alone. Okay. And God sees you. He, he loves you. He adores you. And, uh, hold on to this episode. Send it to a friend, uh, to encourage her as well, because we know that all of us feel not good enough at times. Um, so please encourage someone else with this episode. Ladies, we'll be back next week for an all new episode of the Away like me podcast. And if you are looking to take your marriage and your faith to another level, it is time. We've created the A Wife Like Me Collective for that reason. We are reading scripture together. We are getting coaching. We are meeting together once a month. Uh, It is amazing. There's date nights, dinner plans, so many more things. Just visit collective.awifelikeme.com. Friends, we love you. We'll see you next week.